0: may have implications for Russia's war in Ukraine.
2: He seeks a new paradigm for international relations. He wants to do away with the Western orientation of world community. Border Patrol reporting a spike in
0: Chinese nationals crossing the southern border.
1: They're dealing with the uptick in Chinese nationals, especially in the Rogandi Valley sector.
0: The Fed increases interest rates by a quarter point. Making the highest rates since 2007.
3: The committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by a quarter percentage point.
0: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories. For Thursday, March 23rd, I'm Mike Scott. Reports have come out of the two day summit between Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping that seem to suggest. The meeting may have given Vladimir Putin less than he had hoped. According to those reports, it seems that Putin was hoping Xi would give Russia some modern working weapons for its war in Ukraine. But nothing about China acquiescing to those hopes were stated in a detailed nine-page joint statement. Meanwhile, the Chinese president did say that China is not opening or expanding a military relationship with Russia. Instead, the joint statement said that the countries would forge a closer partnership in such things as energy, manufacturing, and agriculture. As if to rub a bit of salt on that wound, a spokesman for China's foreign ministry tweeted out on Wednesday after the summit's conclusion, quote, China has no selfish agenda on the Ukraine issue. We did not stand by, nor did we add any fuel to the fire or exploit the situation for selfish gain. All that we have done boils down to supporting talks for peace." However, some foreign policy experts believe that this is simply China working to outmaneuver America and the West, through diplomatic means, setting the stage for a realignment of world power. Colonel Robert McGinnis joined the Salem Radio Network, says that the Chinese president enjoys looking like he is a global statesman.
2: We have firmly aligned China and Russia on a host of issues. Uh, It was a political win in the last couple of days for both uh, President Xi and Putin, uh, clearly, uh, Chi pushed back at the United States, and now he enjoys uh, really an image uh, as a global statesman uh, in the wake of what happened with the Saudi Arabians and the Iranians uh, and their uh, agreement uh, that is bringing the Middle East under uh, China's umbrella, and then of course uh, Putin, you know, brings in uh, arguably uh, one, if not the most powerful person in the world, to Moscow for a couple of days of consultation. Uh, that looks good for him, and of course, uh, in the wake of the International Criminal Court, yes. uh, that kind of uh, makes that look kind of bad.
0: McGinnis explains how China is looking to form a new. Chinese world order.
2: And that's how tyrants and authoritarians work. You know, I, I think in the, the out uh, brief or the joint statement issued by the two leaders, you know, that Xi uh, was calling and consistently for diversity of civilizations. Really what he means there is there, he seeks a new paradigm for international relations. He wants to do away with the Western orientation of world Community and impose his authoritarian view, and I think that's what Putin uh, would enjoy as well. Uh, now, economically, it's interesting that uh, they didn't make a lot of progress, though they confirm that they uh, certainly have an enduring economic partnership. Now, uh, Putin wants to sell more gas to the Chinese. Uh, he promised 98 billion uh, cubic uh, meters of gas by 2030, uh, and he promises to build the Siberian 2 gas pipeline uh, through Mongolia into China. Uh, Apparently, Xi didn't buy it yet, but I think eventually that they will.
0: The retired colonel goes on to suggest that while Xi's peace plan will likely fail, ultimately, in the eyes of the world, China will walk away looking good, while the Biden administration looks bad.
2: There's no real evidence that uh China has agreed to provide lethal aid to uh the to uh the Russians f- for the continuation here but he did criticize the west uh for continuing to Bolster Ukraine. Uh, he, of course, is expected in the next couple of weeks to call Zelensky and say, Look, I have this 12 point peace plan. Let's sit down, let's talk about this. Um, unfortunately for Zelensky, it doesn't return the territory seized by Putin in the Donbass area, much less the Crimea. So that may be a non starter, but we'll have to wait and see. So there are a lot of outcomes here. I think that for the most part, uh, Putin and Xi look pretty good here, and the Biden administration and much of the West doesn't look all that good at the you know as a result of this, these talks.
0: McGinnis believes that the U.S. is in a cold war with China.
2: I think in the broader sense here, Joe, uh, what we're seeing is a power play and a power play by Xi, uh, of course. Uh, to establish what I said earlier, the new paradigm for international relations. And we are indeed in a, a new Cold War. You know, I said that six years ago in Alliance of Evil, my uh, book in that year. And then, and of course, here recently in Kings of the East, I said, look, uh, is a, a major player in this world. It's trying to manipulate the world I- environment. And every evidence, and I've outlined 16, indicators of this new Cold War. And we have to recognize uh, things are changed from what they were a couple of years ago. We have to get serious about what's going on.
0: McGinnis also says that the constant military assistance to Ukraine, while needed, may cause issues for the U.S. military down the line.
2: Mr. Biden issued an executive order weeks ago on uh, the Defense Industrial Act, which accelerates our effort to you know, supply our armed forces with hypersonic weapons, which hmm. both the Chinese and the Russians have already deployed. So that's a concern. And then, of course, uh, the, the new Defense Authorization Act that they're now negotiating, you know, really ups the industrial base to produce hmm. far more Uh, weaponry and of course we're buying weapons from other nations around the world so we can keep supplying the ukrainians so we need to recognize that yes uh... ukraine is draining our arsenals uh... and that has implications for what we're facing in the far east with taiwan taiwan is of national interest because it makes 90% of all the microchips in the world, and if China takes over, then it cripples the industrial west. So these are all interconnected, and we can't ignore what's going on in downtown Moscow, much less in Beijing.
0: Experts say that China's economic assistance will keep the Russian army in the fight, meaning the war in Ukraine will likely last for a while longer. Two teachers at a Denver high school are recovering after being shot on Wednesday morning. Daybreak Insider's Mike Hempen takes a look at details
3: on this story. Denver police say two faculty members at East High School were taken to the hospital after the shooting. The suspect remains at large. It's not known if the shooting happened inside or outside the school, but authorities say the school was placed on lockdown as police investigated. Earlier this month, students from East High School skipped class and went to Colorado's state capitol to demand stricter gun laws. This followed the death of a classmate who was shot while sitting in a car near the school. I'm Mike Hampen.
0: Customs and Border Patrol personnel have released a report that shows busloads of Chinese nationals crossing illegally into the U.S. on the southern border. A 900% increase of migrants from the communist regime in a year. Officials say that across the southern border there were 55 encounters of Chinese nationals In February of 2022, while there were 1,368 in February of 2023. While in fiscal year 2021, there were 450 encounters of Chinese nationals overall. In fiscal year 2022, there were over 1,100. So far this fiscal year, there have been 4,300 since October. Lieutenant Chris Oliveras of the Texas Department of Public Safety says the Rio Grande area is seeing the highest uptick in Chinese nationals coming across the border.
1: They're dealing with the uptick in Chinese nationals, especially in the Rio Grande Valley sector, which is unusual. Before, we would never see this many Chinese nationals coming across this area here.
0: Reporter Jorge Ventura says that the drug cartels are taking advantage of the sizable amount of money Chinese nationals are willing to pay to come into the U.S. illegally. Border Patrol right now is
1: apprehending Chinese nationals at record numbers. Now, compared to last year, they're already seeing a 900% spike in Chinese national apprehensions. The reason why that's so significant is because Chinese nationals are a viable commodity to the cartels. They're willing to pay up to $35,000 to be smuggled into the U.S., and it's creating a unique challenge for U.S. Border Patrol.
0: Ventura met up with one of the illegal Chinese migrants and, through an interpreter app, he was able to learn how he was able to come into the United
1: States. We saw the firsthand number of Chinese migrants making the journey. Did you just arrive here in the United States? Communicating through a translator app. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today. Zhang Caillou is one of those individuals. He fled China because of the strict COVID-19 policies, sharing the video of what he had experienced
0: before fleeing the country. His journey to the United States began in Ecuador. Ecuador, Panama. Okay, cool. From there, Zhang made his way to Neocoli, Colombia,
1: where smugglers coordinated his travel on the boats to Panama and passed through the Darien Gap. Zhang was issued a temporary visa in Mexico before finishing his journey over the wall and into the U.S.
0: Speaking through his translator app, the illegal Chinese migrant says he simply wants American freedom. Why did you decide to come to America?
3: You为什么决定来美国?向往美国的自由. To to Yearning for American freedom.
0: Republicans have blamed the Biden administration rolling back Trump-era border protections and releasing more migrants into the interior, saying those policies have simply encouraged more migrants. Tens of thousands of workers in the Los Angeles Unified School District have walked off the job over stalled contract talks. Tuesday marked the start of a planned three-day strike by Local 99 of the Service Employees International Union, representing about 30,000 teachers' aides, special education assistants, bus drivers, custodians, cafeteria workers, and other support staff. They've been joined in solidarity by teachers, shutting down the nation's second largest school system. They are demanding better wages and increased staffing. District Superintendent Albert Cavallo says the union is refusing to negotiate. While United Teachers Los Angeles President Cicely Cruz says teachers are backing the demands of the striking school staffers.
3: We will stand united, 65,000
0: members strong. Until LAUSD and Superintendent Alberto Carvalho give respect to the education workers that keep our schools running and our children safe. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says President
3: Biden supports workers' right to strike. Uh, You hear the president talk about how he supports uh, the collective bargaining process, and that is something that he will continue to do. Uh, We urge both sides uh, to work in good faith toward a mutually acceptable solution so that there can be uh, a quick resolution and the kids and school employees uh, can get back to where they want to be, which is in schools.
0: Some critics believe that while they sympathize with the support staff's desire for higher wages, they are concerned about keeping children out of school, who have already suffered a major loss of education during COVID. Madeline Leesman writes in townhall.com, according to the National Assessment of Educational Progress, math and reading scores among nine-year-olds fell across all race and income levels in the past two years, though they were significantly worse among low-ranking students. In other words, students who were falling behind in school before the pandemic, were now even more behind, end quote. On Wednesday, the Fed raised its benchmark interest rate by a quarter of a point due to stubborn inflation. In spite of the recent bank failures and growing concern, for the financial crisis
3: at today's meeting the committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by a quarter percentage point bringing the target range to four and three quarters to five percent and we are continuing the process of significant, significantly reducing our securities holdings since our previous fomc meeting economic indicators have generally come in stronger than expected demonstrating greater momentum in economic activity and inflation We believe, however, that events in the banking system over the past two weeks are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses, which would in turn affect economic outcomes. It is too soon to determine the extent of these effects, and therefore too soon to tell how monetary policy should respond. As a result, we no longer state that we anticipate that ongoing rate increases will be appropriate to quell inflation, Instead, we now anticipate that some additional policy affirming may be appropriate.
0: During the meeting, Fed officials analyzed economic projections and expected rates to rise to 5.1% this year, implying just one more quarter-point increase. Reporter Blake Berman lays out the key takeaways from
1: Jerome Powell's announcement. It was really split screens for the financial world with real-world implications as well. One side of the screen, you have Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, taking questions from reporters. The other side, uh, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, who was up on Capitol Hill answering questions from senators there. Powell, let's start with him. He announced the ninth consecutive interest rate hike, this time another quarter percent. That benchmark rate now at 5%. However, just as important, the Fed signaled that the streak of rate hikes could soon come to an end. The current projection is now there will only be one more rate hike this year the fed as you know has been raising interest rates to try to tackle inflation but the svb and signature bank collapses had many wondering if the fed would throttle back it's the first time today uh, first time really that we've heard from the fed chair since the collapses powell described the banking system as sound and said that people should feel as if their deposits are safe berman goes on to explain the meetings that treasury
0: secretary janet yellen recently had on capitol hill with lawmakers
1: meantime up on the hill the treasury secretary was pressed about the safety of bank deposits janet yellen saying she has not considered or discussed the possibility of having all deposits insured no matter how much money might be in that account nicole it's pretty clear at this point in hearing from both the fed chair and from the treasury secretary that they are trying to instill or maybe in some cases reinstill confidence in the American banking system.
0: Silicon Valley Bank largely catered to tech companies, and according to reports, the bank announced it was trying to raise capital when depositors panicked and a bank run ensued. U.S. regulators then stepped in and took steps to contain the fallout from SVB's collapse. The Fed also launched a new emergency backstop for lenders to help them meet deposit withdrawals under favorable terms ed morrissey is the host of the ed morrissey show and managing editor at hotair.com says that some of the proposals that democrats like senator elizabeth warren are proposing will only cause more harm to the economy in the future
1: After the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and its well-connected venture capital interests, pressure mounted for the federal government to make everyone whole, regardless of FDIC insurance caps. Elizabeth Warren followed up by proposing to lift deposit insurance caps from $250,000 to as high as $10 million. Not only would that amount to a bailout of the wealthy, it would create a number of unintended consequences. FDIC insurance would skyrocket, as would capital controls, in ways that would likely force most community and regional banks out of business. The consolidation that followed would create a handful of too-big-to-fail banking institutions and concentrate even more economic and political power into fewer hands. The FDIC exists to protect individual depositors, not wealthy bankers and speculators, from the consequences of their own folly. Bailouts, especially of the sort Warren is proposing, create moral hazards that result in more failures in the future. We should have learned that lesson in 2008.
0: The recent banking crisis has spurred fears over a looming recession this year. And finally, five students from war-torn Ukraine received news that they were chosen to receive an all-expenses-paid college tuition due to the charity of philanthropist Sam Rose. Rose is a retired lawyer and real estate developer and provided the $2 million for the scholarships to Dickinson College. John Jones, president of Dickinson College, hopped onto Skype to tell the students, through the video software program, about their being chosen to attend college in America free of charge. My my name is John Jones. I'm the president of Dickinson College. The good news that I want to bring to you comes in two parts. The first part is, as the president of Dickinson College, I'm here to tell you that you've been accepted for admission to Dickinson. We have uh, an alum of our college, his name is Sam Rose, he graduated a long time ago. He's very interested in Ukraine, wants to try to help. So Mm -hmm. Mr. Rose has decided uh, that he is going to offer to underwrite your education. That means he's gonna pay for everything. And that's not just your four years here at Dickinson, but that's also your transportation, your expenses, all the uh, incidental expenses. So you uh, are going to have your education fully paid for by Mr. Rose. In addition to tuition for all four years, the scholarships will cover the cost of textbooks, dining, and living expenses, including support for travel, health insurance, and other basic needs through the academic year, in addition to support during summer and winter breaks. This student was on the verge of tears when she got the news.
3: I am shocked. I am incredibly grateful for this opportunity, and I'm about to cry.
0: While this student was simply at a loss for words. My God, I'm just so excited and
2: surprised. Uh, I don't got any words to, to say, like... Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Another student could
0: barely contain her excitement.
3: I think I would definitely come here because I really wanted to. And I was so surprised by this opportunity. to <laughs> Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Dickinson has a long history of supporting students around the world facing strife, including through the Conflict Zone Student Support Fund which assists international students whose demonstrated financial need has increased because of extreme violence or war in their homeland. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com.